Good evening. Today is Wednesday, July 26th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step and chapter is uh, we agnostic. Step two, we agnostics, and our speaker is our very own Heidi B. Uh, thank you, Heidi. Thanks, Francesca. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Heidi B, and um, I am recovered for today. Um, I have just to qualify. Um, just um, over two years uh, abstinence in this program, but I, I really say that I've only been recovered about a year and a half um, because I, when I got abstinent, I did not work the steps um, quickly enough at first. Um, so um, I really didn't get um, recovered and have true neutrality until um, you know, having worked through the steps, obviously. <laughs> um, I, so my story is that uh, the first time I came into the rooms, it was um, 2003. I was 25 years old. Um, I was here for a number of years and then I relapsed and I came back in March, 2021. Um, when I came back, I, got on a food plan and I started to lose weight really quickly. Um, so the urgency that I came in with, because I, you know, I came in like really desperate. I had been avoiding coming back um, for a long time. Um, but the urgency sort of left me. And so that's why I say that, you know, even though I was abstinent those first couple months, um, I really didn't get recovered because I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't working the program with the same uh, fervor that that I came in with um, when I was really desperate. And when I when I did come back and felt really desperate, I was nearly 300 pounds. Um, I've lost um, about 140 pounds. Um, I was 43, I think, 40, yeah, 43 years old. And I could hardly walk. Um, back hurt all the time, knees hurt all the time. Um, sleep apnea, you know, I would climb into bed and get out of breath. Um, but worse than all of that, uh, I just was not living my life. Um, you know, I, I kept saying I would, I would see, I see a um, counselor and I would like, you know, have my visit every week and over and over, I would talk about like how I felt that I was living in some sort of suspense and I wasn't, um, you know, I just, it's like I was on the sidelines watching life happening. And I remember like literally often <laughs> laying on the couch um, in pain from overeating, waiting for a little time to pass so I can, you know, overeat some more. Um, and just kind of looking out the window and like knowing that life was happening out there and that I wasn't a part of it. Um, so that's sort of where I came in. and. Um, when I, the reason that I didn't want to come back after, um, after that first time in program where I did have, I had some weight loss, I had some recovery, um, and I had maintained that for a couple of years at, before relapsing. The reason I didn't want to come back is because I really didn't want to do this whole God thing. And, um, and today, We Agnostics is my favorite chapter. Um, it's funny because my regular big book, I have like, so much highlighted that it's I couldn't even <laughs> couldn't even determine like where do I want to focus. Um, so 
So I actually went and got a, a new big book and just highlighted what popped out to me today. Um, and I don't even know that I'll like necessarily touch on, you know, specific things, but, um, you know, well, I guess I will actually. The very first paragraph in the chapter, you know, gives me the definition of what it means to be an addict, right? It says, if when I honestly want to, I find that I cannot quit, or if when overeating, I have little control over how much I take, um, you know, I'm probably a compulsive overeater, um, obviously taking some liberty with the language of the book there. Um, but, you know, to me, that's the very definition. And, uh, you know, we spend the first three chapters, four chapters talking about step one. And so I guess I just want to touch on step one really briefly because I needed to very much be at step one in order to move into step two. And, um, you know, so it was, yes, knowing that I was powerless, but like truly being at a place of surrender. And as I said, you know, I feel like it was on on the couch where I lay most nights after work, um, overeating. And, um, you know, I, it was there that I remember very distinctly realizing that it, you know, it was game over. Um, you know, I, I had fully, fully surrendered. I knew that I was powerless. The thing is that I surrendered to the food. I decided that you know, this was my lot in life and that's just how it's going to be. Um, and I was trying to make, you know, I was trying to be okay with that. Um, then through a series of events, um, you know, I somehow got the hope and willingness to come back. And specifically what happened is that that counselor that I was seeing, um, we were having a session and I was saying the same things over and over that I said every week. And she just, um, you know, we were on a video chat because it's COVID and she's like, I just want to shake you. And she started to like well up. And in that moment, I just, you know, I felt like so much love from her. And she um, shared with me that she's in a 12-step program. Um, and I don't know why that did it, but that gave me just that tiniest spark of hope um, that if she could do it, I could do it. Um, you know, that maybe there was something that, um, that was there for me too. And so after kicking and screaming about going back to the rooms for a long time, I finally, um, you know, I, start, I finally found some meetings online and started attending. I started with my camera off. Um, I was still eating behind the camera, but I was there. Um, and within a few weeks, um, by the grace of a power greater than me, um, you know, I, I put down the food and as I said, I, you know, I started to lose weight fairly quickly. So it took me a while to get through the steps, but I remember like when I knew that I, um, that I was recovered when I knew that I had neutrality over food was actually um, in the fall of 2021 when we had the Mid-Hudson um, retreat uh, of which this meeting is a part of. Um, and 
I remember a couple months before that, I was like at a big box store with one of my friends and they have these bakeries there. And I was just like, holy crap, I need to leave right now because I couldn't take the smell. Um, and then we had that at that retreat when we were driving home, we stopped at a mall and I was standing in front of one of these big box stores and I smelled the same smells from the bakery. And I said, oh, that smells so good. And that was it. And nothing more. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> like, I can't believe that like, I'm not crazy over this. So, um, so that was like the first awareness that I had that, you know, that this merciless obsession had been lifted. Um, and I guess, so, you know, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about the God thing, uh, because I had a really big problem with that. Uh, when I came in the very first time, you know, I very much identified as being violently anti-religious. I was really pissed. And if you um, had something to say about God, I really didn't want to hear anything that you had to say. And I remember distinctly in school, like, um, one of my classmates, um, was very religious and walked around with, um, spiritual literature all the time. And, um, I remember like having an argument with her and debating in front of the entire class about how stupid it was to believe in what she believed. And, um, and I walked away from that debate feeling like I won, you know, like, you know, I showed her, you know, right. And uh, I was so proud of myself. Um, and so that's like the attitude that I came in with, right? Like I, you know, I decided a long, long time ago that like um, God did me wrong, right? <laughs> you know, like uh, there were all these terrible things that happened to me and like, I was born into an alcoholic family and there was abuse and there was, you know, there was compulsion and addiction all over the place. And uh, we were poor and um, I got pregnant when I was 14. Um, and, you know, there were just like all these like things that I was like, you know, it, you know, I forget which um, where it says it exactly right. But I think it's towards the end of we agnostics when uh, our Southern friend says, um, or maybe it's in Bill's story, actually, when he says, like, um, if there is a God, he hasn't done anything for me. Um, and I've heard it said, like, if you're, you can't, you can't not believe in God if you're mad at God. Like, if you're mad at God, that means you think there's a God. <laughs> um, so I just think, you know, whatever, it's just funny. Um, um, so. Where is I going with that? Um, so, okay. So then I, you know, right. Like the chapter says, right. It says, um, you know, that alcohol is a great persuader, right. And like, it, it's food that, you know, the torture of the disease, um, mostly the mental torture um, that brought me to my knees and made me willing um, because I was just, you know, I was just so low um, and I really didn't want to go on. I really, really didn't want to go on. And, you know, as I said, I had counted all the things in my life as like all of these terrible crosses to bear. And the one thing that was good in my life was my work. And I was very successful at work and I always had been. And, you know, and I loved work. And here I got to this point 
couple of years ago where I couldn't even enjoy my work. And then I really felt low. And I was like, well, you know, there's nothing. Why am I here? Right. Um, what's the point of all of this? And um, so, you know, coming back in, I had to face again the idea of higher power. And, you know, step two is we came to believe. And my experience has been that coming to believe is a process. And it's very much been a process. I expect that it will continue to be a process, hopefully for the rest of my days, because hopefully for the rest of my days, I will um, continue to do this work. Um, and, you know, where it started for me was just for me, rather, is just that um, I know that there there's so many powers in this universe that are greater than me that I know, like, I can concede to that. <laughs> um, I don't know what God is. I know that I, my personal um, conception of a higher power doesn't align to any particular religion. Um, but I also know that when I'm able to look back on my life, all the things that I thought were crosses to bear, I can see where there were miracles. Um, you know, I think about the fact that I got pregnant at 14. My, um, my mother passed away from this disease at the age of 55, but she got to be a grandmother. Um, you know, um, I feel like the route that I was like going uh, at, at the time, you know, could have led me in really bad direction, but having a baby stopped me in my tracks, um, you know, and I don't know if that's what I needed. I don't know if that was, you know, whatever, but like it was, um, you know, it changed the course of everything. Um, and, um, another thing that I think about is, you know, when I first came in, uh, at the age of 25, I had just had uh, a weight loss surgery. And I thought that that was like the worst thing that ever happened to me because it was really, um, not the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> My experience with it. And again, I, you know, I've shared this before. That was my experience with it. Um, I didn't follow medical direction. Um, I was trying to binge when I had a restrictive band on my stomach. Um, and so I was getting food stuck all the time and I was throwing up all the time. And I just thought it was like awful and horrible. Um, and it was like such a bad idea that I did this. But like when I look back on it, like I'm really grateful that I had that experience because it accelerated my bottom. Like I, that brought me to my knees so much faster than I think I would have um, been brought to my knees, um, you know, had, had that not been the case. Um, and so just cognizant of time, I wanna just take a moment to think about, you know, if there's anything in particular that I wanted to touch on before I run out of time. Um, yes. So, um, it's, you know, the book talks about a conscious contact with God and I, 
for whatever reason, for many years, you know, I would think about um, contact with God, right? Like that was the word that was sticking in my head. And I think about, um, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was, it was constant. And so like I, now I think about there's a software, if you've ever been on a, a mailing list, right? Like, it, you know, there's a software called Constant Contact. And I think about that because my understanding today, or, you know, my belief today is that I am always, I am constantly in contact with my higher power. My very life and existence is proof of that. Um, but what the book talks about is a conscious contact with our higher power. And that's what I'm trying to develop every day. Um, you know, I, it is the consciousness of our creator, right? That is what provides this miracle in our lives. Um, and again, like that's, that's all been a process. Like I, you know, having, having that awareness of, you know, that there's something bigger than me, that there's something, you know, there's something with me, um, simply that, you know, there is a power that's, you know, bigger than me, bigger than human power, um, is, you know, what I try to develop every day. And, and the book tells us like, um, you know, the, it talks about searching and um, earnest seeking. And um, I think that that's like the, the job of my lifetime, right, is to continue searching, continue seeking, and continue developing that relationship. Um, so, and I, I've heard it said, and I've, I've shared this before, but um, I thought that I needed to find God to get abstinent, but actually I needed to get abstinent to find God. And that's where I feel like I am today. Um, um, what else did I want to touch on? Um, I think that's, I think I'm going to probably... Um, oh, the, there was one last thing um, that I'll just add before I end is um, I, another thing I heard very recently was, you know, um, if you have a problem with God, it's probably that you have a problem with someone else's God. Um, and, you know, something that I share is that like for me, like I, I just in this place where God is a word. You know, God is a symbol in the same way that chair, you know, might bring a certain image to your head and it might be a different image for each of us. Um, and I feel like that's the same thing with higher power. Like the word God can mean a zillion different things, but it means the same thing, um, you know? And so I'm very grateful to have um, had the opportunity to share tonight and I look forward to hearing everyone else. Thank you. Yeah, it was like, I have to clap before I unmute. <laughs> um, thank you, Heidi. Um, thank you so much for your beautiful share. 
Um, we will now open the meeting for three minute questions and shares. As this is a big book study, a sharing and question should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom hosts will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a time for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speakers ask a question, please allow three minutes for the three minutes for the answer. And um, first we have Nancy. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Heidi. I loved your share. Um, I love this chapter as well. And I heard something, I was listening to an AA speaker speaking about this, and he said something that just blew my mind. And I just want to propose it and see what you might have to say about it. Because one of the things that you said right at the end, I went, whoa, right. It's like, I need to, to um, find, I need to get abstinent to find God rather than I need to find God and get abstinent. But I, what I heard him say was that we are all agnostic in certain areas of our life, that any area of our life where we have not given it up to God, we are still agnostic. So if we're still thinking we can control our kids, or if we're still thinking that we can control our job situation or anything else, we're agnostic in those areas because we only become truly God conscious when we're allowing God to take over in every area. So I'm just curious what you might think about that. And thank you again for your lovely share. I really appreciated it. Thanks so much, Nancy. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree um, that um, we have pockets of agnosticism as um, a former spon uh, sponsor would say to me, um, you know, it's, I don't think, I, as I said, like I, I believe that it's a process that that consciousness is never perfect, um, you know, but that as I continue to do the work, I can sort of let go of those, that agnosticism in the last inches, right? Um, and it's, it's like, you know, it's once you get to a point with a particular thing, it's easy to give up. But there's so much that I have zero awareness around where I'm controlling and fixing. I mean, I've been doing that my whole life and I don't even know it. Um, but that's why we're here and that's why we keep doing the work and we continue to grow and we claim spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. So hope that's helpful. Thank you so much, Nancy. And thank you for your answer, Heidi. And um, let's get those hands up. Sharing is a beautiful form of service. Thank you, Chanel. Please share. Hi, I'm Chanel and I'm a grateful compulsive eater living in recovery by the grace of God today. And Heidi, thank you very much. It's great to hear you share on this. Um, when you were talking, I was thinking, I couldn't find it right away, but on page 46, about halfway down, we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even, even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible 
for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. And I really appreciate how you said God is a word, like chair is a word. And each of us has a different image of what that word represents because we're the finite defining the infinite, right? So, and that's impossible. We can't define, right? Has fine in there, like finite. Can't define God, can't define higher power. We can see higher power working in this program in our lives. I can, I should say, I speak about myself. I can see that, but I can't define. So change everything I said that was we to I. Never tell. Anyway, but uh, never mind that it's recording. Um, and I just had a question for you. When you have a sponsee, Heidi, who is like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not suspending disbelief. I'm not. No, I have been abused religiously, whatever the reasons are. What kind of things do you do with that person to help them get over that obstacle? And thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that today too, is, you know, I've had sponsees that are agnostic atheists. I've, you know, worked with um, very orthodox sponsees. I've worked with a cantor. I've, you know, so there's just like, and, you know, and each person comes in with their lenses, right? Um, so, you know, when someone's really struggling with that, like, first of all, you know, what's, are we solid on step one? Like, do you understand that like there's, you know, if you are a compulsive overeater, um, like the alcoholic described in this book, then, you know, do you understand that like, or, you know, not understand, but do you concede that like, this is, you know, there's nothing else. Um, then, you know, and then I just like, encourage people to, you know, it, it talks about like willingness, right? Like, um, we just need to be willing. And, you know, can I be willing to, um, to just trust that someone else has a power, you know, that like, that something is working in someone else's life that, you know, um, do you believe that like, there's something here in the group, like, whatever, whatever it is that feels, you know, like, um, palatable <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, you know, and, and, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything other than willingness because right, like willingness is the key that opens the door, but yeah. Sorry, my mouse. <laughs> thank you, Chanel, and thank you, Heidi. And uh, next we have Tess. Hi, can you hear me? You can hear me. I'm Tess, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Heidi, for your share. That was very, very wonderful. Um, so I just joined program um, since May. So I'm fairly new to the program. And when you mentioned that you had to become abstinent to find God, I'm just wondering, like, did you wait um, a certain period of time before starting to work on your steps? 
my sponsor, who is amazing, she has me waiting until I'm 90 days abstinent um, before starting to work on my steps. Like I'm, I'm studying the steps, I'm reviewing the steps with her, but before actually starting to incorporate them into my life, um, she wants me to wait 90 days of abstinence. And I was just wondering, what's your experience around that, if any? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, and again, I can only share my own experience. Um, it, my, I didn't have, and I don't ask people to wait any amount of time before getting into the work. Uh, we start getting into work right away. Um, you know, my experience has been that if I don't get into the work right away, there's a chance that I'm going to pick up again because my problem um, is that I have an allergy. But also my problem is that I have a mental twist. So eventually I'm going to pick up again. Um, and the only way that I'm not going to pick up is to have a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. So I need to work the steps quickly. And that's just what I ascribe to. I know that um, I know that everyone does it differently. That was, you know, what worked for me. And as I had mentioned, like I, I didn't like work like really quickly in the beginning, because I was losing weight and I kind of like lost my enthusiasm. Um, but I started to realize that that was a dangerous place for me. And I, I did, you know, pick up and uh, start doing the work uh, with, with more vigor. So, um, and that's what I found to be helpful. And that's what I do with my sponsees. Thank you so much, Tess, um, for your question. And thank you so much, um, Heidi, um, for your answer. I'll take a share. Um, Francesca, um, compulsive overeater, very gratefully living in a recovered state just from the food, just for today. Um, I love that you reminded us of um, the first paragraph in We Agnostics of um, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely. Um, or if when drinking, and I had a fellow once say, anytime it says drinking, you can replace it with thinking. Um, you have a little control over the amount you take. Um, you're probably alcoholic. And um, it's just, for me, I mean, definitely that, that applies with the food, but that also applies for other things um, in my life. Um, I just need a lot of boundaries um, because there's a lot of, like, it's, it's a spiritual malady. Um, and I can fill that with anything I found, um, the list kind of increases sometimes, you know, um, and not that it means I have to be in a million 12 step programs. Like it's also, as you shared, you know, sort of the same solution, but just, um, I just really liked your message of like, the food is not the problem and, and how the food and how also, you know, you talked about just like, at one point you were like, I guess this is just how my life is going to be. Um, and just sort of surrendering to that um, and that kind of like transition moment of like that to like, oh, I'm, I'm powerless and surrendering to like that even like it's like in the big book when it talks about like go on to the bitter end, like that you even even going on to the bitter end and blotting out the consciousness of our situation is not even an option um, at a certain point. Oh, my gosh. And this thing, I've never heard someone talk about this, this difference between um consciousness and contact, you know, that I'm always in contact with my higher power, but I'm in consciousness. And I just got like, I just got goosies when you said like consciousness of our creator provides this miracle of our life, you know, because just thinking about that, like, 
just the consciousness of my creator. And the thing is, is that I really loved um, how you said, um, God, um, if you have a problem with God, you probably have a problem with someone else's God. Because like, I believe that like one could be an atheist, like you don't believe in a deity, but like you still can live a life with connection and with living according to your values and being of service, like for that, for all purposes, looks like a God filled life. You know, God is, yeah, it's just a word. And, you know, this, um, I've heard it said like, you know, people use acronyms like good orderly direction. Like you need that in your life or like go outdoors. Like, are you a nature person, you know, or gift of desperation? Like, did you just finally reach that point? Um, and I love that you talked about your counselor, just like, I want to shake you. And then that was kind of a wake up. Cause like, you know, I've heard it said that it's like, we give fellows like permission to like call each other on our BS, you know? And I've heard people say like, I'd rather have a, um, like a friend who's angry with me than um, a dead friend. Oh, that's, oh, I love that Chanel. That's so cute. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for your share, Heidi. Um, and just everything you do for this meeting um, and for this program. And I pass. And next we have Jan. Oh, well, we will stop the recording. Um,